0: Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world we're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis if you've been encouraged by what you've heard I want to ask you to share this with a friend you never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life and if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do well we love you really hope you enjoy the podcast
1: I hope everyone is doing well it's so nice to see all of your faces I want to do a a little experiment because I was just really curious I feel like we've been doing our centering prayer for a while now I think it's been like what like two and a half years or three years I think we're going doing it here and a lot of you have been coming for a while so you've also been a part of that some of you may be new Um, so I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes and I'm going to ask you a few questions and you'll raise your hand um, if it pertains to you no peeking no judging I'm just asking for myself Um, all right so let's close our eyes And I want you to take a deep inhale, nice and big. And then slowly exhale. How many of you feel that Centering Prayer has become a part of your daily life? You can raise your hands if it pertains to you. You can bring them down. How many of you feel that you're still finding the meditation side of it challenging? to connect to beautiful slowly bring your hands down how many of you wish that you can connect deeper within yourself through meditation or centering prayer beautiful how many of you feel that you'll be able to connect even deeper with God and those around you, if you were to live your life like a centering prayer. As we bring our hands down, let's keep those eyes closed. We're already here in our state of meditation, our stillness. I want you to allow your palms to face up. Place them on your thighs. And let's take a moment to receive here. Let's take a deep breath. Inhale nice and big. Really fill up your bellies. And then gently exhale. Again, slowly inhaling nice and big, allowing the air to fill you up. And as you exhale, let's release any tension that we're holding. Let's take a moment now to think about What might be limiting us or getting in the way of us steepening our meditation practice, our centering prayer? You see, it is with our awareness that we are able to make huge change in our lives. We first must be aware of what is getting in the way of our peace, of our opportunities to go deeper within. And as we sit here together without any judgment on ourselves, we just bring awareness, we observe. And with each breath, we start to honor ourselves a little bit more by letting go of anything that is getting in your way, of your peace, of your stillness, of your connection to God. We honor ourselves and the God within us by understanding and knowing that this peace is our true state of being. But we first must become aware of that knowing as well. As we go deeper within ourselves, we start to let go even more. Let go of yesterday. Release the fears or the worries of tomorrow. And allow yourself to be right here, right now, connected. When our focus is on the breath, we are in the present moment. When our mind starts to go elsewhere, or when we start to feel anxious feelings or doubts, fears, we deepen our breath. We come back to our true state of being allowing ourselves to connect once again with the God within each and every one of us. You see, the divine is not far from you, but rather deep within you. When you release all those limiting beliefs, when you drop down the wall. When you forgive yourself and give yourself the same grace that God gives you, you welcome his love and his abundance, his spirit within you. Allow yourself to feel this peace, to feel this love. Let's take a deep breath. Inhaling nice and big, let's vocally exhale. Again we slowly inhale nice and big, really filling up the belly and then vocally exhale. Let's bring our left hand to our heart and our right hand to our belly. With a smile on your face, feel the heart beating. You're full of purpose. You're not here on accident. God created you. And as we breathe, I want you to fill up the belly. Allow it to expand. And then vocally, ah. You have all the power within you, my friends, to let go and to allow God to show you all the wonders of this world, all the wonders within you. You are limitless. You are worthy and you are so loved. I want you to bring your palms together. Pray your hands. And as you allow your head to slightly bow, Just take a moment to set an intention for yourself. Now that you've released all that is not serving to you, now that you've let it all go and you've allowed God back into your heart, set an intention for you and for this world. You are more powerful than you know. We just have to be aware of it. May peace and love always be with you, my friends. Amen. So much love, everyone.
0: What's up, everybody? God bless you all. So grateful to see you. So happy to be here another wonderful Sunday that we had to come and be refreshed in our spirit, rejuvenated in our mind, and reminded of who we are, and whose we are, and why we're here, and what this whole thing is all about. And I've been reflecting for a while now, and I'm happy that it's culminated in this message today, on just how distinct and juxtaposed worldly values are in comparison to spiritual values. If you want to maximize your potential in this world, It takes a particular kind of mindset. It's a mindset that has been ingrained in us since we were very young. Our parents instilled this in us. Coaches instilled this in us. You have to be ambitious. You have to be hungry. You have to hustle. You have to be uh, focused on what's coming in the future, your goals. You can't ever be satisfied. There's this sense of dissatisfaction you have to carry with the status quo if you want to continue to evolve and get better at what it is that you're doing. To be successful in the world, you have to care about the image that you're giving off and the perception that you're giving off to other people. None of these things are bad. If you want to succeed you got to take on some of these characteristics. But spirituality is very inverted in comparison to that. Because the spiritual mindset it's not so much about chasing after something in the future it's about being deeply and fully immersed in the present moment. It's, it's not about carrying around this dissatisfaction and always hustling to get more and more and more. It's actually about finding a state of rest within yourself, learning how to be content with who you are and where you are right now in your life. Spirituality isn't obsessed with what you can attain and what you can gain and how far you can go. It's more concerned with meaning, finding purpose in what it is that you're doing. So the question I want us to reflect on is how can we merge these two paths together? Because I'm convinced that the answer isn't to neglect one for the other. There's actually a kind of pride involved in saying, oh, I'm on a spiritual path and I don't do all of that otherworldly stuff, you know. We're too good to do that. This is why I love the Jesus story and the Jesus message and the life that Jesus lived because, you know, Buddha went and sat under the Bodhi tree. Uh, all the other gurus left the world and went into the desert. Jesus was at the parties. He was a friend of sinners. In the church world, they call it a holier-than-thou mentality. Right? It's this holier-than-thou mentality that we develop. Well, we don't, we don't engage in those kind of activities. <laughs> so what would it look like if we can establish our lives on spiritual values while simultaneously being engaged in our worldly tasks and pursuits? Jesus used this wonderful phrase. He said, we are in this world but we are not of this world, okay? And what I think he's pointing to with that statement is that it is possible for us to be fully immersed and engaged in worldly activities while inwardly remaining in a state of communion with God. So you don't have to just be engaged in religious activities to connect with God. You can connect with God in everything that you do, It's about your inner state. It's about the the presence and the awareness that you bring into all that you're doing. There was a a teacher, he used to be a Harvard professor, ended up having some exploration with psychedelics, had an incredible uh, spiritual experience that led him to leave his professorship at Harvard, move to. literally another country, study under spiritual teachers. He came back, became a very uh, well-known spiritual teacher here in America. His name is Ram Dass, and he speaks of this truth of being in the world and not of the world as living on two planes of consciousness simultaneously. Okay, look at this quote. He says, my challenge to you as fellow pilgrims on the journey is to cultivate the stability of living on two planes of consciousness simultaneously. As Christ said, in the world, but not of the world, to be fully, passionately involved in life and also be totally equanimous and centered. This is not an either or, it's a both and. I've noticed a pattern in scripture when it comes to the way that God sets people onto the spiritual trajectory. First, God calls the individual. Then God sets them apart from the world. Then God sends them right back into it. So initially, it's the calling. And some of us, we're here this morning, we don't even know why or we're listening to the podcast, or we're watching the YouTube video. We don't even know why. Somebody really spiritual in our life sent it to us, and they think it'll be a good thing if we hear it. But we're not concerned about spiritual values and spiritual matters. But maybe deep down inside, there's something calling to you. There's a pull. There's a tug within you. And during that calling phase, that's when we begin to ask bigger questions of life. Why am I here? Am I happy and satisfied and content with my life? Does anything need to change? And normally it takes a lot of pain for us to get to that point that we respond to the call. Because God is calling every one of us, but very few people actually respond to the call. It takes a lot of pain for us to wake up and realize things have to change. If I keep doing things the way that I'm always doing them, I'm going to get the same results. And so that calling phase is when we begin to ask the bigger questions of life. Once that seed is planted in us and we start taking steps in this direction, it's so important for us to water and nourish that seed that's within us. And in order for that to happen, God oftentimes has to set us apart from the world. We have to be removed from all the distractions in order for us to really reevaluate our lifestyle, our choices, our habits, our community, our decisions. We have to rethink our perspective. We try and reorient our lives around God and, and around the things that truly matter in life. That's what being set apart is all about. And this doesn't just happen once, by the way. Oftentimes we have to revisit this phase where we have to disengage from the world over and over and over again to get back into a state of alignment so that we can go right back in and continue doing the work that God has called us to do. Jesus oftentimes would go into the wilderness. He would be with the crowds for a while and then the scriptures say he would go off into the wilderness to pray. So that's what that setting apart is for. But then after you're set apart, God sends you right back in. So look at, how, look at how Jesus puts it in John chapter 15 and John chapter 17. It's almost contradictory, but it's not. Actually, it is. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. It's just a big paradox. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it. But you're no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. Okay, that's John 15. Religious people that are super holy, they stay with John 15. They didn't read John 17, (laughs) which says this is Jesus praying to God for his followers. And he's like, "I'm, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from evil. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So spirituality doesn't mean rejecting the world, denying the world. The point is for you to re-engage the world with a new lens, a new approach, a new attitude, a new perspective. So that as Jesus put it, now everything you do becomes sanctified. Every activity becomes a holy activity because of how you go about doing it. So whether you're sitting at the airport waiting for a delayed flight, like my brother was telling me, (laughs) this morning, or whether you're working out in the gym or you're taking a sip of coffee or you're having breakfast, because you bring a sense of presence, because you are connected to the present moment, because you are living in awareness, it dignifies everything it is that you're doing and it it actually enhances your quality of living. The world is obsessed with quantity in life. Spirituality is about quality of life. So when we get tired of all that other stuff and we finally want something that's deeper and more meaningful, that's when we set ourselves out to go on this spiritual path. And by all means, you can have both quality and quantity. Again, it's not either or, it's both and. But the point that I'm trying to make that I've reiterated so many times is that it's it's possible to lose ourselves in the pursuit of more. It's possible to lose sight of what actually matters in life. This is why Jesus said it's actually really hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. We lose ourselves in it from a spiritual perspective. Relationships are more valuable than money. Time and health is more valuable than success. Peace of mind is more valuable than fleeting pleasure. Wisdom is more valuable than comfort. For some of us, this sounds like Chinese, and it's like, (laughs) yeah, right. But the people who understand this are either like old and mature or young and more mature than their age because it's people who have lived through stuff and had it who finally realize there's more to life than this there's more to life than this see a quality life is built from the inside out not the outside in the world says have an outside in mentality If you have more, if you become more, if you do more, if you accomplish more, then I'll be happy and at peace. When I get that promotion, when I get more money coming in, when I get that car, when I get more followers, when I have more influence, then I'll be happy and at peace. The inside out mentality is if I can find happiness and peace within myself, irrespective of the conditions of my life, all of that other stuff will work itself out. And even if it doesn't, it's okay. So whether it goes good or bad, whether it goes up or down, you've got peace in your heart. And because people didn't give that to you, they can't take it away. Because money didn't give that to you, not having it can't take it away. You're established. That is what it means to live from the inside out. Inner stability creates outer stability. So you will actually have more capacity and more energy to do what you're here to do in the world when you're spiritually connected and aligned. Because now your motivation and your intention has changed. You're not primarily motivated by power. You're motivated by purpose. You're not primarily motivated by accolades. You're motivated by your love and passion for what you do, which ironically makes you better at what it is you're doing. I was at this really uh, cool sushi place a couple weeks ago with uh, a few friends of mine. And these friends are from Lebanon. One of them in particular, he just, actually he's from Syria. The other guy was from Lebanon. This dude is from Syria. And he moved here to America, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. And he was telling me his story about how successful his family was over there in Syria. They had businesses, and they had wealth. But then there was a war that happened. And I don't know if it's still going on, but he was talking like this is very, you know, very close to now. And he said when that war happened, literally their places of of business were demolished by bombs. Can you imagine that? Like your, your, your place of business, there's just a bomb. There's a war, and a bomb just obliterates the whole thing. What are you going to do now? Then on top of that, this dude's brother got kidnapped because people found out that it's a wealthy family. So they kidnapped his brother, and they were trying to uh, bra- you know, tell the family to give them money in exchange for the brother. So this dude had to leave everything. He came to America with $10,000, and he had to build up from there. And he was saying that he had a friend that was in the blinders business. I guess they install blinders. He didn't know what he was doing, but he was like, I gotta do something. So he started helping his friend with the blinders. And he said to me the first time that he tried to, to put blinders up, he was putting in a screw and the screw kept falling like 20 something times. And there were people, why are y'all, are y'all laughing at me? Oh, blinders. All right, blinds. 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 All right, the blinders. The blind, the blinders, whatever, bro. All right, the blinds. God. Can I just be accepted for who I am? Can I find a place in this world where I belong? Jeez. Man. I know, it's so funny. But it was like, but was it that funny? Because they're all like, <laughs> in the back. I'm like, bro. Anyways. So this dude was, you know, the, the screw kept falling a million times. People were telling him to, to quit, to give up. He ended up starting his own business where now he installs the blinds. Okay. So, so I think this guy is amazing. And so his wife was right there sitting next to him. And I was like, how did it feel You know, because she was with him through all of it. When he had a lot, when he had nothing, when he was building back up. And so I asked her, I was like, how how did it feel going through this with him? Were you ever worried? Were you afraid? And she said something that was so deeply impactful to me. She was like, no, I was never afraid because I believe in him. She's like, I believe in him. In other words, she saw something in him that was greater than whatever the world can throw at them. So, number one, are you able to see that in yourself? Do you have enough confidence in God and in your gifts and your abilities to know that whatever comes your way, you'll be able to weather the storm? Whatever comes your way, you'll be able to build back up. It reminds me of this passage of scripture in the New Testament that that says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, when your connection with God becomes stronger than your attachment to this world, it doesn't matter what you gain or lose. You have love in your heart, you have peace in your mind, you have joy in your spirit. And these qualities will sustain you through anything that life throws your way. So by building your life on spiritual values, what are some spiritual values that we build our life on? Generosity, service, forgiveness, compassion, right? meditation, and prayer, love, peace. You cultivate these values. You build your lives on these values. Self-control, wisdom, resilience. Build your life on these values. You begin to gain a sense of confidence and security that is not based on material things. It's a confidence and security that comes from within. And you just live with this knowing that the way things are are the way that they're supposed to be. You live with this knowing that What is in you is greater than whatever the world throws at you. And so like Paul says in the New Testament, even though our body wastes away, our spirit is being renewed day by day. What does it look like to live with that kind of a mindset? Even though the money comes and goes, the wisdom that I'm gaining will always continue to grow. Even though people are unfaithful, God remains faithful to live with that kind of confidence. That is the treasure worth more than anything. That's what it means to find the kingdom of heaven within you. See, you can have whatever you want in life. The question is, why do you want what you want? We want the things we want because we think those things will make us happy. And when we get desperate for happiness, because we feel empty on the inside, our wants end up becoming needs that control our life. But when you're able to find happiness and peace within, which by the way, when I say happiness, I mean peace. Those two things are synonyms. Happiness equals peace. Happiness doesn't mean I'm cheerful all the time, and I'm positive all the time, and I'm in a good mood all the time. Because that's not life. That's not reality. Happiness means peace. And one of the ways that I'm practicing this right now is, and some people, my mom thinks I'm crazy because of this. (laughs) When I find myself getting too excited about something, I bring myself back to a state of equilibrium. (laughs) So in my own personal life, I have some wonderful opportunities that have been uh, presented to me. Meetings that I'm having about, opportunities that will help me move forward in this career path that I have with with my chaplaincy. Incredible opportunities. Tuesday, I have something coming up and it's Thursday and I'm like in my car on my way to the gym, like man, I can't wait till Tuesday, I'm so excited. And I have to take a moment to breathe and bring myself back to Thursday. Tuesday will be Tuesday. Today is Thursday, brother. Calm down, relax. Enjoy the scenery. And Tuesday may not even be what you think it is. It may not even work out. So is my happiness all dependent on Tuesday working out? Right, so I'm not looking for that happiness. You can get addicted to that happiness, cheerfulness thing, and where you think that if that's not what you feel in your life, something's wrong. No, no, no. Happiness equals peace. Peace, when things are good, when things are bad. It's right. It's right in the middle. You guys know that song. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? middle? That's right in the middle. Just live in the middle. Okay, What'd you say? What's the third one? Oh, right there. Yes. I lost my notes, man. What, what are we talking about, bro? Okay, right. So, happiness and peace are the same thing. So, when you find that sense of happiness and fulfillment within yourself, you start realizing that you don't necessarily need all of the things that you thought you did, and what you want out of life changes. Now, you primarily want those things that are conducive to your inner well being. And those things usually aren't even material in nature, they're spiritual. Spiritual qualities, spiritual values, spiritual practices that ground you in something greater than yourself, that realign you to a proper perspective of life and keep you centered. At that point, you just want what life wants for you because you know living in agreement with that is where your peace lies. So again, does this mean I have to abandon the world, reject the world, don't have ambition, don't have goals, don't create wealth, don't go for more? No, 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 Just don't find your identity there. That's it. Just don't find it. Treat it like a game. It's just a game and it's not that serious. And if you realize it's just a game and you just play and it's not that serious, you won the whole game. That's how it goes. See... It's not about what you have. You can be rich and not be attached. Difficult, possible. And you can be poor and attached. And you're jealous and you're envious and you're always fantasizing about, you know, what you could have. And you feel lesser than because you don't have what other people have. So it's not about what you got. It's about whether you're attached or not. Once you deal with that stuff, once you know how to let go of your attachments, now you can have anything or not. It just becomes a a question of utility and practicality. right? So what am I giving my time and energy to and why? Is this conducive to the lifestyle that I desire? Is this in line with my spiritual values? I love... This quote from St. Augustine who said, love God and do whatever you want. People are so scared of the do whatever you want part because it's like, no, I, I want some crazy things. Well, love God and then do whatever you want because when, you're, when you love God, what you want changes. What you want changes. You want, well, you want what's real. You want something deeper. So you better believe that's gonna affect who you date who you tolerate having around you, what decisions you're making, where you're going and what you're doing with your free time. When your life is grounded on spiritual values, you're more focused on who you're becoming than what you're getting, what you're achieving, what you're attaining. You care more about the condition of your heart than your reputation in the sight of other people. This is why the scriptures say, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, Do everything for the glory of God. That is what it means to be in the world but not of the world. This is how you live on two planes of consciousness simultaneously. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're eating, you're drinking, you're having a ball. You do everything for the glory of God. How do you do that? By doing everything in a way that amplifies love, amplifies peace, amplifies joy, amplifies goodness. The way you elevate the quality of your life is by elevating your intentions. When your intention and all that you do is to glorify God, what you do becomes infused with life-giving energy. You become a blessing everywhere that you go. You become a beacon of light. You become an extension of God's presence. You start to contribute to the greater good. You become more generous. People like to be around you it's not all about you. You become a better listener. You care more about people's stories. And living like that, with that kind of depth and meaning, is more valuable than anything this world can give you. I know people who have everything, and they don't have purpose. They don't have meaning. So they're missing something. People who who give themselves to the fleeting pleasures of this world only do so because they don't have a deeper purpose that grounds their day-to-day life. So I want to leave you with one quote from a teacher named Anthony DeMello. He's an Indian, he used to be a Jesuit priest, an Indian Jesuit priest, and he kind of left the dogma of his Catholic upbringing and became very controversial within Catholicism. His books were banned, and so anytime someone bans a book, I like to read it. (laughs) Lo and behold, this dude is amazing. And we're gonna leave with these words. Does the dropping of attachments mean detachment from the material world? No. One uses the material world one enjoys the material world, but one doesn't make one's happiness depend on the material world. What I'm saying is you really begin to enjoy things when you're unattached, because attachment brings anxiety. If you're anxious when you're holding on to something, you can hardly be said to enjoy it. So what, I, what I'm offering you is not a withdrawal from enjoyment, It's a way of transcending possessiveness, anxiety, stress, and depression at the loss of something. This way, you would love things and people, and you would enjoy them thoroughly, but on a non-attachment basis. As a matter of fact, is there any other way to really enjoy something? Anyone who stops clinging to father, mother, wife, children, land, houses and things, is repaid a hundred times over and gains eternal life, quoting Jesus. Then you will so easily take leave of your possessions, that is, you will stop clinging, and you will have destroyed clinging's capacity to hurt you. Then at last, you will experience that mysterious state that cannot be described or uttered, the state of abiding happiness and peace. May God grant you that abiding state of happiness and peace. And may God give you the strength and the courage you need to establish your lives on spiritual values, to live on two planes of consciousness simultaneously so that all that you do, you do to glorify God, so that you're fully immersed in your day-to-day activities while not neglecting your inner life, keeping that spark of the spirit alive within you, doing everything that you do in a state of presence and awareness, filled with gratitude, ready to serve and give back to others around you, and may you feel and experience The joy and fulfillment and satisfaction that comes from that. Amen. I love you. Have a great rest of the week. And we'll catch you next Sunday.